To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. All right, everybody, it is that time of year. You know what time of year it is? It's time for the hardcore gardeners to be on the show, and that's you guys. And so you're going to be privileged enough to learn my super fancy, super technical formula for how much to grow this year. And if you can't hear the sarcasm in my voice, I'm very sorry for you because this is the this is Judgment Day. This is Judgment Day. I thought day. this was more like <laughs> gardens are dying, dying dead, and the sadness has set in, and people are grasping for some connection to the gardening world and <laughs> here we are and that's why this is such a great show because we are two totally different people yeah because i have on uh stretchy pants jogging pants footies what's a, a footie like oh have you ever gone to the hospital or, or been in the hospital and they give you the little like it's not quite socks they have treads on the bottom yeah I, have, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's well. That's what I call a footy, <clears throat> and a uh, tank top, my house sweater, and my backyard gardens hoodie. One of my favorites. It's so soft. So soft. Um, it's funny because a lot of times I'll be talking to Batavia and she'll be walking around with her computer in her hand, <laughs> and I know she doesn't have any shoes on in this sock season, so I'd be waiting for her to slip and fall. Now I know why she doesn't. So. You're so terrible. I need a good laugh, Batavia. Come on. Just mm-hmm. one time. Take one for the there's team. Only, there's only a matter of time. So what my, um, I have a favorite pair of boots. They're not I mean, clearly, you know, Timberland doesn't sponsor us, you know, but I bought them years and years and years ago and I have been searching for them for years and the treads are completely dust, right? Those are the boots where I took that spiel a couple oh, of years really? ago. So I only wear them like in the late like spring you know because they're i mean they're still the calf high you know yeah. they're not gardening boots at all and so now we've crossed the threshold of i can't wear them outside anymore you know <laughs> because there's slickness outside and i just can't take any chances but last year i did find a pair online so i have a brand spanking new pair just go get them retreaded that's a thing yeah dude yeah so um I, I, we'll, we'll get to the show i promise <laughs> but I was reading some. Here's your connection to gardening. Yeah. Absolutely. I was reading something <laughs> earlier um, in the year, like a couple of weeks ago, and there were like things from World War II era that have gone by the wayside, you know, to save money. And one of them was like fixing things. There's there's mm-hmm. shoe cobblers out there dying for business that retread shoes and stuff like that. So if you got a favorite pair, make it happen, Captain. I used to, um, when I used to go into an office downtown Chicago, I mean, there are a bunch of different places downtown, but there was definitely a shoe stop in kind of my train station, like a shoe uh, store or repair store. I wonder. Hmm. It's interesting. Now, the shoes themselves are a bit worn as well, but again, they definitely make for good um, early in the season, late in the season, if we can repair the tread. Good uh, mud sliding shoes. There you go. After the snow melts, I'm trying to tell you. All right. So here's the deal. First of all, please, please, if you want to support the show, come join us. Patron, Apple subscriptions, all that good stuff helps support the show. Keep us on the air. You guys literally keep us on the air with your subscriptions. So thank you so much. And also, um, take this. Take a second after the show, pick your favorite episode and send it to your best gardener friend or post it on your social media so we can help get the word out because we're trying to change lives. You know what I'm saying? This is the most serious show you've ever heard in your life. I'm just kidding. Not really, but kind of. So, um, all right. So what ex- exactly what's going on is Batavia has heard my method that I came up with and the big question's always been like, how much do you grow to, you know, how much should you plant in order to grow enough for yourself for whatever your needs are, albeit eating fresh, preserving, freezing, drying, canning, giving away, selling, whatever it is. And this is, a, I mean, this, I think this is a hard question to answer, don't you? It is. And it's, but it's one of my favorite things to explore. 
And so I was planting a bed of Brussels sprouts this year, and I decided to try and figure out how many Brussels sprouts to plant. Sprouts to plant. And I kind of came up with this method. It's not really groundbreaking or anything. Um, made sense to me, but then I told Batavia. <laughs> And as, as the supportive friend that she is, she's like, that sounds like boo-boo. <laughs> so we we even had a question at, on the uh, Facebook page about this. And I can't, um, Leonard will pull up who it is so we can give you a shout out. And I wanted to go over it, but this is the, the exact moment when Batavia is going to really listen. She's going to sit there and hear it. And we're going to discuss it and see if this is a plausible thing that we can use. Yeah, he, he he laid it on me when I was like wrapped in weeds and aphids and, you know, grasshoppers. Like I didn't have ears to hear. And it takes a full hour to go through it, everybody. So, I mean, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> and then we shall determine if it's worth any of our while. Yeah, but I mean, here's the deal. <clears throat> Nobody's going to be able to give you the answer of how much you need to plant. It's it, it, just like with gardening, I feel like it's highly personable, you know, personal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and customized to, to each individual and their needs and desires. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, you may want just a little bit of basil. You know, you may not mm -hmm. want a whole lot of basil, but another person may want to have 50 quarts of pesto for, I mean, they may be pesto addicts. I don't know. You know, if I was growing peanuts to make peanut butter, I will have to do some serious calculations using this method to figure out my peanut butter addiction. But then I'd also have to factor in the price for my health insurance and stuff as I have my heart attack from eating so much of it. So there <laughs> yeah. is that. So, um, Leonard, did you get that yet? I think he's, is he eating? He better not be because if I hear him, I'm going to freak out. I don't <laughs> like the sounds of people eating. Shout out to all my people that suffer from that. What is it called? Misophonia? I don't know what it's called, crazy. but I always forget which thing. I always forget, is it that you don't like to see it or hear, hear it? Hear it. Hear it. I cannot listen to people eat. It's terrible. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so you're going to have ever to tell you about, just to take us off of one more tangent, I ever tell you about how it took me a long time to realize that although I could hear myself chewing with my mouth closed, I didn't realize that other people could hear me. I thought it was just like the sounds in my head. No, people can hear you. Trust me. That well, yeah, and the I, rustling I of the bag that, and potato you know, chips. Now. That drives me crazy. All right. Now you're just being unreasonable. All right. So what's going on here is Batavia doesn't want to hurt my feelings. So she's trying to drag it out, but we're going to get into it. So this is going to take some research on your end as the listener, <clears throat> the gardener. So don't think that you're going to walk away from this and I'm going to tell you, you get plant four um, potato plants. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, Leonard just sent the thing to me. So Paige wrote, and this is exactly what she wrote, how to figure out how much to plant so there's enough ripe to preserve at one time. I'm in zone 7B and this is my fourth year gardening and second year really trying to figure this out. So Paige, first of all, sounds like you're right on track to becoming a pro gardener because that's about how it works. Uh, hey, Paige, right in the middle. Right in the middle. I mean, I didn't even get to finish it. <laughs> it seems like I don't get enough of any one thing at one time to can or batch freeze. And if I try to hold on to beans or peppers or tomatoes until I get enough, the quality is questionable. I'm going to add at best to the end of that sentence because it just seems like something. Mm -hmm. It feels somewhat overwhelming and I can't tell you how many hours I've spent with a full basket of mixed garden goodies pursuing UGA's so easy to preserve book only to feel like the book was named rather optimistically. Hashtag not so easy. Yes. So I can definitely sympathize with all of that and this year I actually had this situation with my peppers. We just ended up eating them fresh. I never really got to do anything with them because it was mm -hmm. taking too long. And I know Batavia has done this. And we even have a longtime listener who doesn't harvest some of her stuff sometimes for whatever reason. I can't remember what it was, but that can also lead to it, too, because you're waiting for things to get ripe at the same time. So mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. we all feel your pain, Paige, um, and we appreciate you asking. So... Now, the first thing to do and is just decide 
what you're going to do with your produce, mm-hmm. right? Are you going to eat it fresh or are you going to preserve it or are you going to do both? So is there anything that falls in that category for you, Batavia? Yeah. So we're going to have to treat this like an onion. And so this is one layer of it. So do you want to eat it fresh or do you want to preserve it? Well, how do you know? Right. It's like many of us didn't necessarily grow up with eating a bunch of one or the other or both. Right. You know, garden preserved foods. Um, Now, I've eaten a lot of like frozen things, canned things in your regular old tin cans. Don't get me wrong. Right. You know, Um, so I think that's definitely the first step. But I also think that and this is what I've been doing the last couple of years, you kind of have to test out when eating something fresh. Well, I guess most of us pretty much know what a thing tastes like fresh. You have to test out like, do you like how the thing tastes preserved? You know, and if not, you know, that's decision is made for you. Now, you could, of course, go through and like tweak recipes and, you know, try different things. But um, green beans, I think, is one of the first things that a lot of people can you know, pressure can. Yeah. Um, I think that was something you suggested to me when I first was trying to, you know, jump into the waters. And it's a wholly different taste eating fresh green beans versus canned green yeah. beans, you know. And some people don't mind it one way or another, and some people do, you know. So I think that um, starting with that is the first step. There are definitely things that I'd prefer to eat fresh and that's probably almost everything but i just i just i don't thank goodness i don't eat that much you know <laughs> yeah and i mean the, the fact of the matter too is you're not gonna if you have a big garden you're not gonna consume it all fresh there's going to mm-hmm. be waste at some point and you're going to waste it and there's a there's a bigger bigger you know layer to the onion here overarching story and that's the fact that like the food and there's a lot of work that goes into providing food in the food industry mm-hmm. um i have a friend whose daughter is um she i don't know what grade she's in she's in high school and they're doing the the they're taking class about farmers and you know learning about food production and stuff and the farmer's mm-hmm. oath and she was saying like how ridiculous it is that they have to learn it and the thing is is like she doesn't realize, and she's young. She's, you know, she's not going to realize it, but she doesn't realize how much effort it goes into to produce food that goes to your table. Mm-hmm. As a lot of people don't know, the people that are listening to this show, I mean, you all know, it takes a lot to to get a tomato on the plate. I mean, it takes, a, think about it for a second. It's an astronomical mm-hmm. amount of effort, especially if you're starting it from seed. But even if you're buying a transplant and putting it in the ground, there's a lot of effort. There's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, just that goes all into it all the time. And not to mention the mental stress and worry that people have over their plants and their gardens, which I think is awesome that, you know, we go through that. But producing on a whole is very hard. And one thing that we need to know is, you know, the number one energy waste in this country is is food. And by energy, I mean calories. Calories are energy. And that's a proven fact. You can look it up. It's the number one waste. There's always food going into the trash. And it starts at the farm where you have damaged plants, damaged mm-hmm. fruits. Um, you, you, And if we put it into our world as gardeners and homesteaders, you want to do big batch canning and you can't. And so, therefore, you kind of sit on your vegetables as long as you can and they all go bad. And then, you know, and I think when it comes to canning, like, let's let's do tomatoes for a second. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about a determinant tomato. And is it any surprise that the number one tomatoes to can are all determinants? Romas being like at the top of the list, like that's a big one because they all produce their fruit in relatively fast, uniform fashion all at once, where... You may get a harvest, may not be big enough, but if you wait a week, you'll get double that. And you wait a week and then the plant will kind of just go away and wither Mm -hmm. away. And that's something to kind of really start this whole conversation with is learning what variety you're growing, what species you're growing in order to do this. You know, 
I would not suggest anybody get an heirloom indeterminate tomato to try and grow for canning. I, I would never suggest that. Would you? Um, I mean, I think that I've had some really rich tomato sauce where I've added some heirlooms in, but the base has been Roma's. Um, I do want to I want to add a little bit of, of color to that comment because I've been really looking into this this year. Um, and I think the I think if you're talking tomatoes, a variety where you can closely predict when it's going to produce and how much is super helpful to that effort. And that's the reason where, uh, reason why, and, and the place I agree with you when it comes to determinate varieties. Mm-hmm. My determinates produce probably for over like, maybe a month. I could probably go back and look at some videos, but I'm gonna guess about a, across a month. This is the key. And this is the thing that really like, you know, the alarm bells went off with me today or this growing season. The quantity of plants, hands down, matters for something like tomatoes, probably more than most other vegetables. Because if you're canning tomatoes, um, and let's say it's tomato sauce, the amount of tomatoes that it will take to produce sauce. I, I mean, I've been growing tomatoes for... 15 16 years and it just clicked yeah right now again there are resources out there you can go to any of the you know uh, the u.s um, um uh, food preservation sites you can go to any of the popular uh companies that give recipes they'll tell you this many tomatoes are needed you know to produce this much but it doesn't click until you're sorting through tomatoes in your kitchen yeah you know? well and how many of and us so, are weighing our tomatoes by pounds before we do it too i mean yeah yeah let's get real and and so I think um, a, a you know trying to weave in some solutions. Some of the things that I do is I look for ways to use the whole of a tomato. Right, sauce is what it is. But like for salsa, as an example, the recipe that you shared with me a couple of years ago, I use that recipe, and I could just about you know whatever I'm pulling off the plant in any given time. I think the lowest amount is like four pounds of tomatoes yeah. or maybe it's like seven pounds of tomato. So I can pretty much use the entire tomato, get to a point of like preserving then and there. Now, sometimes you got to do some things that maybe aren't as comfortable. Did you freeze any of your jalapenos from last year? Do you need jalapenos in your salsa? Cause my jalapenos may not have started to produce yet with my tomatoes. And this is a part of, you know, what Paige is struggling with. So I have my tomatoes, but my peppers aren't ready that I want to add to the, the thing yeah. I'm preserving or vice versa, you know, most times probably tomatoes are ready first. That's been an absolute struggle for me. And fortunately for me, the timing has been pretty close for the two, but something like cilantro, I never have cilantro in my garden at that time. So I got to go to the store and buy it if I want to add it. Well, you know, and the thing is <clears throat> part of it too is knowing when to plant certain things. So there's the whole thing about designing a garden for fresh eating, preservation, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. And you can start plants at different times in order to try and, and I mean, this takes some practice, but learn when your tomatoes are going to be ripe and your peppers are going to be ripe at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a whole thing, right? So um, a lot of times what we'll do, for instance, is our first tomato plants that we put out, they will grow, we will can those. And I, I mean, for all those that want to make tomato sauce, I'm going to help you out. Please just can the tomatoes straight up, whole tomatoes, and then make your sauce as you want to eat it. It's way easier. It, you can stretch your tomatoes a lot farther that way than making spaghetti sauce. I mean, in our family, in our house, you know, my wife always wants to make spaghetti sauce. First of all, the recipe was never, never really that good. And I told her, I was like, look, if you want spaghetti sauce, just go to the damn store and buy it. But otherwise, I'm going to can these tomatoes whole and then we can make it because you can make, you know, all we use for it is tomatoes, garlic, basil. That's it. And then we have tomato sauce. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those things you can do. And I mean, timing out when you're planting stuff. So a lot of us get super excited and we throw our plants in the ground right away. And Mm -hmm. maybe we should throw our peppers in first. Wait a little bit and put your tomatoes in and then they're going to be, you know, you're going to get the ripening at the, ripening at the same time if that's what you want to do for preserving. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't do that. I just kind of put stuff in typically the same way, but I'll let my peppers grow in the pots a little bit longer 
But that's an, an option that you can definitely have that will help with this, especially if you're trying to make complicated recipes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like with beans and stuff like that, you know, there's an incredible amount of waste to that because you're going to go out there to go harvest and there's going to be beans that are overripe. Is that plane landing on the street? That's a fire truck. Oh, it sounded like a plane. <laughs> <laughs> but they're going to be, you know, they're going to be overripe. So you're not going to use those. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have underripe. And then you're going to have, you know, so it's, it's a whole thing. So I probably threw away, you know, those uh, spinners. Yeah. Like, you know, for lettuce. So it, they keep beans really fresh in the refrigerator. But I'm certain I threw away at least one of those full of beans this year. Because I missed, I was again collecting them because I was going to can them, and I needed enough for the canner load, right? Yeah. Collecting them because I was going to can them, and then I look up and it's like, oh, I wouldn't even eat those, you know. If I had chickens, I don't know if I'd, you know, give them the chickens, and it sucks, right? Yeah. You know. So let me. Uh, so the quickest and dirtiest answer is plant way more than what you think you're going to need. Yes. That's the quickest and dirtiest answer. Now it's not as feasible for many of us, right? You know. But that's going to be whatever you're planting, chances are, unless you've cracked the code, chances are you've planted fewer than you need to get the harvest in at the time you want to to preserve. You were talking about this in a recent video of yours on Sandy Bottom Homestead. Um, It was, was it, was it beans? Was it beans? You were talking about how you wanted to plant more of it. You weren't sure if it was going to work. You wanted to plant more of it so you weren't. Yeah, it was beans, like sweet beans or maybe snap peas, peas or something. Peas, yeah. Yeah, so instead of like keeping them in the garden longer is what you were commenting on. You leave them in the garden longer to try to get more off the plant. And you thought, well, maybe I should plant more and then I could pull them out sooner to get to the next crop. Right. Right, you know. And same idea, you have... That was genius, wasn't it? Well, you also say, you know, you're not sure if it's going to work. So we'll find out next year if it was genius. <laughs> I mean, it's there's definitely, definitely something to that because I absolutely am probably similar to Paige. The tag says, the, the seed packet says this number of days and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And sometimes I'm a week later, two weeks later, and I'm waiting to get to the optimum size to harvest and this thing is now throwing off my plan because it's in the garden longer than I thought. Right. You know, longer than I wanted. You know, so I think you do have some logic there and I'm interested to see how it works out for you. Um, but the reason why it's not necessarily feasible is like once you've decided what you want to eat fresh versus what you want to preserve and then you figure out, are you preserving? So this is the next layer of the onion. Are you preserving the whole ingredient similar to what you've described? Just preserve the tomatoes or are you preserving parts of a recipe? Right. You know, so tomatoes come in when they come in. A lot of people do this for tomatoes. And I know Paige didn't ask necessarily about tomatoes. And I know young Ben doesn't like this method. They throw them in a freezer. Yeah, I don't do that. You know, bit by bit, throw them in the freezer, throw them in the freezer. Yeah. And then they preserve them when they feel like they have the time and enough to do so. Now, that's probably one of the few vegetables that work in that way, I think. Well, we need to get to the formula. But you have a point. I've been waiting on you to lay it on us. Yeah, you have a point. And so before we get started in that, I just want to say one thing. Don't be scared to batch, small batch can, which Mm. is multiple times you're canning. You know, when you see on social media and stuff, people are like, I can 58 jars of tomato sauce. It's like, well, how big are their garden? How many plants, tomato plants do they have? Mm -hmm. You know, there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong. And I do it all the time. I'll post a picture where I can three cans. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, it takes work, but. Food is not easy. There's nothing about, especially the preserving part, that's easy. Nobody's ever said it's easy to do. You know, it takes time, it takes effort, and it, it's almost like a hobby. So, um, as we get into this, think about, and I want to focus on fresh eating. So, give me a, a produce that you want to eat fresh. Broccoli. You want to eat broccoli, of course. No, don't do broccoli. Do something that does multiples of um, harvest. Because, I mean, broccoli is like, how many heads of broccoli do you eat, you know? Mm. Um, well, it still creates the same type of cha- challenge that she's describing. Uh, cucumbers. Okay, cucumbers. 
So what I'm doing is I'm Googling how much will one cucumber plant produce. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> look, there's, there's a lot of wishy-washy here, but you just go with what you can get. Okay. Um, <laughs> what we've come up here is let's say you just, you love cucumbers. I don't think this is a good one, but, um, one to three pounds of fruit per week during the peak harvest period of your, um, cucumber plant. So it can give you a total of 20 to 25 pounds of fruit per plant. Okay. So now you need to think how much cucumber, how many cucumbers do you eat in a week? If you tell me Uh, probably at the height two, maybe three, three cucumbers. Mm -hmm. So what is that? Yeah. That'd be one pound roughly a week. Sure. Okay. This isn't a good one to go by. <laughs> this is what you get for asking me. Okay, the, and, I'm so go we're back on the to, sixth thing that you asked me and I said, and you said, no, that's not a good one. Why don't you yeah, choose one? Let me just do the one I went with originally then because it worked out well. So I did Brussels sprouts. Okay. So how many Brussels sprouts per plant? And we just get a quick answer. It is, let's see, about one pound of Brussels sprouts per plant roughly okay mm-hmm. so you go now i have to think about how much does my family eat brussels sprouts now we eat a lot of brussels sprouts so you buy the bags at the store you know those little bags and they're mm-hmm. roughly about a half a pound so we'll okay. eat two to three of those a week in the winter time okay so if i eat two to three of those and they're half a pound that's a pound and a half a week that we eat so that's more than <laughs> one plant now we go through and we have to say, that's perfect scenario getting one pound, right? Now, we all know that I have trouble growing Brussels sprouts, but let's just say that we did not have a lot of trouble and we all of our plants got to harvest. We're not going to get one pound of Brussels sprouts per plant more than likely. So I like to be a little bit cautious and go down to about half a pound per okay. plant. So if we go half a pound per plant, that's one meal per plant for us. If we do it three times a week, then we need three plants a week for us to eat fresh. And then you go through and say, well, how long do you want to eat those for? Because there is a real thing about getting tired of eating a certain thing. Mm -hmm. And so what we did is I went through and I said, well, usually we eat them over about a two month period and it will fluctuate. You know, sometimes we'll eat two bags. Sometimes we'll eat three. We don't generally eat more than three. So we say, okay, half a pound per plant, which happens to be per meal. And that's 20, we did seven plants. That's 21 plants that we put in. That's 21 meals. So that would be seven weeks of Brussels sprouts, right? I'm with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. So then if you go that way, you say, well, if we grow one bed, then we get 21 meals of Brussels sprouts. Now, or twenty or, or seven weeks. But if we go back and we say, well, we're going to eat two times, then, you know, it obviously extends that harvest date and then the amount that we're, you know, the frequency that we can consume them. But that's basically how you can get into how much can you eat. Now, you can be as liberal as you want with it and say, I'm going to grow the best ever and I'm going to get a pound per plant and do it that way. And then, you know, you can adjust it so that if everything went perfect and I grew 21 pounds, then I would be eating for 42 meals. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that uh, vegetables that so a part of what I'm doing this year as I prepare for next year, I've started to make my list of the things I want to grow. That's where I start. What plants do I want to grow? What vegetables do I want to grow? Um, and I'm making a notation of things that store versus not things that I can easily preserve versus not. Right. Um, and the concept would be anything that I'm growing, I could eat fresh. Right. Um, and store meaning like something like, you know, sweet potatoes, something like white potatoes, something like squash, um, winter squash, I should say, um, something like onions, like things that are going to store over a number of months, garlic, right? So I'm putting that in one category. And then the things that I am 
comfortable and have the desire to preserve through some method. Um, So that could be freezing, that could be dehydrating, that could be canning and so on. And so when I look at this, I think to myself, it sounds great that now I know how much, how many Brussels sprout plants make sense for me. Right. You know, if I let's pretend like I eat them as often as you and your family does. I think that it's easy to think about, all right, for potatoes, how many potatoes do I really want to include in my diet over the course of time? And how long will those potatoes last? It's much easier once you get an idea of for these vegetables that have a shelf life that's much longer. And then I'm working my way back to things that absolutely have a ticker on them. You know, so a lot of our fruiting plants, because uh, greens generally in my garden and in my kitchen last much longer once they're harvested right. than any fruiting plant. Right. You know, so that would be like the third set of things that I look into. But for my fruiting plants, those are the things, those are the troublemakers in my garden because you have to figure out what to do with them. Right. Because they're going to be the first to go bad. Uh, when you talk about your Brussels sprouts and you say this is how many times I'm eating, it's almost like you have to come up with a true, like detailed meal plan over the course of a number of months. And I'm just not for that. Right. You know, that's just not my desire. <clears throat> um, what I would be doing in that example is do I feel like I could be comfortable in what I enjoy consuming that many Brussels sprouts. And if I'd say, oh, you know what? I really don't want to eat them that often. Then I cut back plants using it. The thing that's hard to uh, to fold into it is, but what about the other vegetables that you're going to be eating from your garden? Right. Right. Well, and I mean, the goal is- How many more days and meals do you have to cover? Well, and the thing is that you have to remember too, is this is all dependent on your goals as a gardener too. You know, are you Mm -hmm. just trying to supplement? Are you trying to eat all of it? You know, so, I mean, you have to go in through there and I mean, yeah, you may not like, you may not want to know exactly, but this is just, you know, if you're trying to figure out how much to grow, I think you, and clearly you want to produce your own food if you're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, because there's a lot of people and I know a lot of people personally, they're like, yeah, I got a tomato plant and I got a couple peppers and, you know, they're just happy as they can be. But then there's a whole nother category of people that really want to try and figure out because they want to maximize their space. And you can figure out like how much you're going to eat in in an, a certain period. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I looked it up for tomatoes, um, tomato, a tomato plant. And this varies greatly, but 10 to 30 pounds of tomatoes per plant. Right. That's a big spread. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Over the years, you will learn, like, you know, I'm sure I probably get 15, maybe 20 pounds of tomatoes off of a Roma plant. But if I grew, uh, what did I grow this year? I grew Abe Lincoln's. I didn't get 10 to 30 pounds off that. I maybe got a pound off that plant. You know what I mean? So I figured out over time, this is how this works. And then you figure out, because how many tomatoes can you eat fresh? I mean... I ask you because I don't eat them fresh, really. Yeah, I probably would eat at a, a real like concerted effort five tomatoes. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking like slicer size tomatoes a week, a week. Yeah, so almost one a day. So one a day, and then, I mean, and this depends too because when you get the fruiting plants, it's even more complicated because mm-hmm. some tomatoes grow to be a pound, some tomatoes grow mm-hmm, to be two mm-hmm. ounces. You know, so you've got to be realistic on that front. But if you think about it in that manner, then I would up my tomato game. You know what I mean? If you're eating a tomato a day and you want to process them, you're going to need to have some serious tomato plants because Mm -hmm. you can look at the recipes you want to process and it'll tell you how many pounds you need. Yeah. So just a couple of quick notes. And I did a pretty good job at tracking what my Romas produced this year. So I had four Roma plants growing in the garden. Four Roma plants growing in the garden. Two produced at what I would say my expectations were for the plant. And the other two barely made what I would, if you put those together, a, you know, a whole plant. So I'm going to call it two plants that I basically got production from. And I had just under 25 pounds of tomatoes from those two plants. That's pretty startling for me. That's 12.5 pounds per plant. 
at the average tomato plant yields 10 to 30 pounds. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I think that the, when they give you ranges, most people are at the bottom of the range per plant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I separately and one of my girlfriends has just been teasing me endlessly around this. So I have been buying through my farmer's market seconds. So the tomatoes in a box that, you know, maybe aren't the sexiest, you know, maybe they don't look the great. So I was able to get a pretty good deal. So I bought tomatoes through the season for the purpose of one, I wanted to can tomato sauce primarily because remember last year it was a pretty year for it. And the year before I didn't can a lot of sauce, right? So I wanted to figure out how many pounds of tomatoes, which we will reveal in a separate episode, does it take for me to produce the sauce that I want? And how much sauce do I want? I really don't know. I kind of have to like, this is trial and error for me. So this kind of goes back to Paige's question. Some of this is trial and error. So I have a figure about how much, how many tomatoes that I bought, how much sauce that it will produce or any other method of that I'm using. If I'm doing diced tomatoes, whole tomatoes or whatever have you. So you put all of that together and then I look at 2024 and I will know about how often I'm consuming these. Now the question becomes for tomatoes as an example, do I want to try to grow the number of tomato plants that I think I would require? Let's go with let's be aggressive let's go with 15 pounds per tomatoes for my romas let's pretend 15 pounds how many pounds do you need for sauce and how many plants will that require do i want to commit to putting that many plants into my garden right so the answer isn't just like how many right it's the based on what your calculations are do you really really want to commit that much of your garden to that thing the only upside i feel like for romas are i can actually mark in my you know kind of notebook that i'm not writing notes in when my romas were pretty much done and they were kind of just producing randomness and that means that i could pull those plants out earlier compared to my indeterminates that i'm letting go until the end of the season right so when we talk about how much do I want to commit to those plants and how long they'll be in my garden? I don't have the entire growing season that they'll be growing. That's probably the only benefit. Some of the other things you're preserving the same way. It's not as if you're using that garden space for the entire growing year, right? You know, so if you want to go big in a certain area, and in a lot of cases, you'll probably have the rest of the growing season once you've harvested to plant something else. Or on the front end, you planted something in spring and then, you know, you'll plant the rest in the summer. Um, those are, I mean, it, there's no formula we're going to give you that's going to say this is the playbook for your entire garden and for your family, period. I think the starting point of what the plant is, do you want to eat it fresh or preserve it? And then about how much do you expect that plant to produce? And then you start doing some math, makes sense? So I do honor your formula. I think it becomes more more complex when you add more and more vegetables, but you got to start somewhere. Well, and I think that's the whole thing is it's it's a starting point and it, it, it'll get you in the right track. And I mean, look, we've said this many, many times. You're not going to figure it out in one season. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, when I Googled here, um, how much will one tomato plant produce? One of the things people also ask was how much for a family, how much, how many tomato plants do I need for a family of two? And it says here two plants for each person in the family, but that's dependent. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's how much do you like tomatoes? What do you want to do with them? You know, this all Mm -hmm. factors into it. And I mean, you know, when it comes to the preserving of the tomatoes and stuff, let's just say, I mean, let's say your family eats spaghetti sauce once a week and you want to make your own spaghetti sauce. You better plant some tomato plants mm-hmm. and you better mm-hmm. be planting, you know, I if, it, if each plant produces, and we'll go off yours because it's 10 to 30 pounds, let's just say 15 pounds, mm-hmm. then you're going to need to plant roughly, you're going to get two jars of tomato sauce out of you know, you've got to plant. No, you're not. You're going to get. You're going to like four jars. Four of jars out of each mm-hmm. one. But if you want enough s- sauce to go through the whole year, then four times 52 is 200. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going to have mm-hmm, to do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a way to do it. And I mean, I know it's like 
people and I, I may say what you said wrong and correct me if I am. Um, you didn't want to, you know, think about how much of a certain plant you were going to eat. Is that what you said? We were talking yesterday. No, just now. No, I don't remember. I think it was like I, I, you didn't feel comfortable like thinking like I, this is how much I'm going to eat of this or that or the other. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the idea is, you know, committing to saying I'm going to eat this much of this thing, right? And folding in this next thing and this next thing, right? You know. So have you ever? Like, who's really doing that? So let's say that you know you didn't feel comfortable, and you just grew your Brussels sprouts, and but you grew too many. Would you eat those extra Brussels sprouts or would you throw them away? I'd force them down. Yeah. So you eat them that year and then the next year, like, look, I'm going to cut back. You make adjustments. You yep. make adjustments, you know. And I think thinking about how much you're going to eat really does help you. And then, like for us, as far as the Brussels sprouts go, if if we got five pounds per plant, I'd be happy. You know what I mean? We would just eat. We'd give them away whatever it took. We wouldn't waste it. But... I think part of the gardening story is knowing what you eat and being in tune with it. You know, that's like the well, unsung part of it sometimes. I, I think I think it's becoming in tune with what you eat. And you know, everyone's different. There's some people that have, you know, very detailed information on, you know, from grocery store lists to budgets and all of this. So they know the thing. But I feel like the thing shifts when you start growing your own food. Right. You know, so you're I'm eating when you said buy the Brussels sprouts, you know, I may have bought Brussels sprouts a handful of times in my life. Yeah. I enjoy them. I'll have them when I, as a side if I'm out for dinner or something. I grow them because I'm curious about growing them. And I know, you know, there's a really good recipe out there that I'll enjoy them. Uh, and so but otherwise I wouldn't eat them. Forget once a week, you know, if I eat them a couple of times a year even. But I've again, I've made adjustments because the things that um, I, I mentioned this to you for collard greens. I eat collard greens more now, you know, in these last five or six or seven years than I ever did before that I ever did growing up. Yeah. You know, but it's something that I can grow. I eat more tomatoes. Uh, I eat a lot of fresh tomatoes, even the crap tomatoes during the off season. So maybe that's not a good example. <laughs> uh, but I eat much more um, tomato products than yeah. I have previously. And that's a part of it too. So when I said, you know, think about how many plants it takes. So a part of the decision I'll have to make around tomatoes is, do I want to try to grow the number that I think I need next year on my own? Or do I want to say, because I'm not growing all of my own food, that's something that I'm going to trust that I'll have a farmer's market connect and I'll buy and I'll use that space to grow some other things. Right. Right. You know, and that's the, these are the, that's decisions. the gamble. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's a gamble. That's one t side of the gamble. It's also a gamble if you dedicate this entire bit of your garden to this plant or those plants and there's not success. Now, I mean, who's to say right? that you're yeah. growing your tomatoes and you're like, look, I'm I'm kind of I'm done. I've got everything I needed. Mm -hmm. Who says you can't pull up a plant and then stick some bush beans behind it and then start on that? You know what I mean? Who, mm -hmm. Who's to say you can't do that or you can plop in? your Brussels sprouts or something at that time. Mm -hmm, you know, there's all mm -hmm. these things that we can do that kind of further it, you know, as a gardener, you have more control than we think we do. You know, you can terminate a plant when you feel yeah. it's time to terminate a plant. There is yeah. no, it is not in writing anywhere. I will say this, that you have to let a plant grow until it's done producing. It is not mm -hmm, anywhere mm -hmm. written down. And that's, I think no, absolutely. that's something that we need to remember because I seem to forget it as well, is this is still producing. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. And there just comes a time where it's like, you know what? I'm good. I'm done. I don't I don't want any more turnips. I'm over it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm throwing these billy goats in the trash, son. Yeah. So. There is, I think there's a part of, there's a, um, there's a little bit of fear that's associated with that. <laughs> like, I don't want to, God bless you. I don't want to get rid of the thing because, you know, it's producing and I don't want to take that for granted. I don't want to, what happens if the next thing doesn't produce as well? So there's a lot of that twisted and, and tied up into that. I do want to go to the green beans because I think that's one of the ones that she mentioned. Um, <laughs> God bless you. you. Cucumbers, green beans, and squash are the things that people commonly show online that they have far too many of. Yeah. Like, I just can't keep up with them. Right. And 
Shout out to all those doing that with squash because I don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. Shout out for all those doing that with squash because I don't have that problem. Me either, brother. Me either. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, just as a side note, and I'm not going to lose my train of thought. It's thought it's beans and freezing. Uh, So I was at the farmer's market and I bought a couple of honey nut winter squash. And I tried to grow them this year. I have never tasted them, right? So it's supposed to be sweeter. It's smaller and sweeter than a butternut squash. But I saw this, you know, trusted online chef that I follow cook up some one day. And so last year, I'm like, oh, I'm getting the seeds. Got the seeds. Roly polies ate all of my, you know, everything that germinated. So I didn't get a chance to grow them this year. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and buy them now, this fall. Like, do I really even want to bother growing them? I could have just missed, you know, that's what I try to do before I go ahead and buy seeds. So let me taste it. Is it really worth my effort? Because it's not an easy squash isn't an easy thing for me to grow winter or summer. Um, but as it relates to the beans, I'd say if you have the space, double the amount you grew this year, Paige. Um, and if you find that they're coming on slower than you have you know, enough to actually preserve I don't know if you mean preserve as it canning. I'm going to say start freezing some of those until they really start to come on, you know, and there's a lot being produced if you want to instead really want to preserve them by pressure canning them. Um, I think the idea of saving them, unless you can see that you're two to three days off, you're going to end up disappointed. And I'm talking about that particular vegetable. I think also a note is... um, and I don't know if I really thought about it this way until you said it, young Ben, um, the individual product itself, yeah. right? You know, so get the tomato. If you don't want to do the freezing trick, just toss them in the freezer, toss them in the freezer. Can, especially if you're water bath canning them, can them, you know, in a couple of jars at a time, right? It's more work because you're going through that process. Uh, one of the things that I've been abiding by for pressure canning, at least for the pressure canner that i have um it's recommended that you have a minimum of four pints per um and with four pints it takes sometimes a lot for me to get to that you know, yeah. to be quite frank you know and again water bath canning you can put one jar in there so there's well, that. well i mean and here's the deal too two gardeners two different answers so i don't have that answer and put it in the freezer i i don't i will not do that i just i don't like it i don't know what it is Call me weird. We have a system. Mm-hmm. So we bring our stuff in the house. It goes in a bowl on the counter. If, we're, if I'm waiting to get more, then when we bring the next batch in and we're like, yeah, we still don't have enough, we'll take them. We'll go through the ones on the counter, pull out the ones that look like they're getting a little rough and eat them, put the rest in the fridge. And mm-hmm. then we have a little mm-hmm. basket in the fridge and said, so we'll, we'll do that. So we have a little system that we've created for that. That's for beans or just, just in general? Just in general, anything mm-hmm, in general. Mm-hmm. So we'll end up doing something like that. And then when it's time, or I'm like, man, my, potato, my, my potatoes, like my tomatoes aren't producing fast enough. Like I'm going to go ahead and do a small batch. And mm-hmm, even in my mm-hmm. small batch, because I'm growing determinants, I can still get four or five cans out of it. But if I have to do one or two cans and it's important to me, because I don't look at it as look at how much I canned right now. I look mm-hmm. at it as look how much I canned over the season. Yeah, and that's yep, yep, yep. what it all comes down to. Yeah, definitely. And before mm-hmm. we move on to the listener question, I have to ask you a question, Batavia. Mm-hmm. What's the verdict on the honey nut squash? I haven't eaten it Damn yet. Damn it! Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about it though because they're super small. Two of them, just like you know, I'm gonna roast them, of course, because that's how I roll. And I'm like, I'm trying to clear my you know my list this week. Um, but it's funny because once I cook it up, I'm convinced that I'll love it. Yeah, I kind of have to love it because I really want to grow it. But it's a truth moment. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't love it enough Uh, for the tomatoes. Just real quick. You commented on it. I could actually picture you putting some whole tomatoes or diced tomatoes in a jar. Mm -hmm. Again, you got to make adjustments. Right. You know, and if you especially if you're like, you know, the king or queen of your kitchen and you can decide we're going to change our meal plan this week and we're going to eat something different. That's an excellent approach. Yeah. All right. We're going to look at what we have and we're going to make some adjustments. We're going to eat something different tomorrow because this thing is going bad. It's going sideways. I did learn this year because of that method to eat BLTs. So there is that. Uh, the refrigerator. Did you hear what I said? You can eat BLTs. Yeah, but you know I hate tomatoes fresh. 
Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big yeah. move on my part. Like, I need a little bit of That's credit. A- I need that to sink in. Can I get a bell? <sighs> the demands of a co-host. Um, so, a part of of tomatoes on sandwiches is that mayo-tomato mixture. That's the joy of it. Um, you maybe lose my train of thought since you demanded a bell on BOTs. We can move on. That's okay. Because, you know what? I have to tell you guys, it's getting to be winter. It is time to plan your garden, and there is not a better way to do it than with the Planter app. We have a link below that will get you a discount, so don't forget that part, discount. You can use it on your tablet, your phone, your computer, drag-and-drop interface, square foot gardening, tells you everything, companions, combative planning, save multiple profiles from year to year, and the biggest thing that helps is not only does it tell you the companion or the companion or the combative, but it tells you why it's that way. Not only that, but I spoke to the, the gentleman who created it and said that he went and verified everything and took out a lot of stuff that there was no verification for, for that. So mm-hmm. we know that this has been verified data that we can use for our gardens. So definitely check it out. It's available in the Google store and the Apple Store, and that's the P-L-A-N-T-E-R app. I'm getting pretty good at spelling, everybody. I should go on a spelling bee. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got a a question of the day here from Spotify. The Spotify question of the day. Um, This comes from Madison. Now, I'm not sure what it means, but we're going to do our best with it, okay? She said, how does gardening in Florida make you feel? Do you feel there is mass production of plants in Florida? Interesting. Yeah. So we've actually had this question for a little while, and I was just kind of thinking about it and thinking about it. And I think what she's referring to maybe like uh, flowers and perennials and stuff is what it seems like to me. Mass production. So, Madison, we challenge you to, once you hear this episode... And our response, we challenge you to come on to the Backyard Gardens, Community Gardens, Facebook page and say, no, nah, that, that wasn't it. Yeah. This is what I really Call meant. Call us out for being <laughs> dumb. Yeah. <laughs> or you can go back to Spotify and do it. Um, so my immediate, that's the first time I heard this. Uh, thanks, Young Bian. The question you've been sitting on and mulling over for ages. Um, I, I'm thinking more of like impact on the environment from like is mass production okay? Is that good? Is that problematic? You know, that one place is so in addition to impact on the environment, one place is responsible for so much of insert vegetable, insert fruit probably more than anything. She's gonna make me go ahead and, and Google how much we're getting from Florida from a food perspective. Well, is that what you're Googling? No, I'm Googling something different, but um, I was looking at Bonnie because that's where you get, you know, your transplants from the stores and stuff like that, mm-hmm, where they mm-hmm. grow them. And um, I was kind of starting to put two and two together a little bit. And it says uh, they grow them in Alabama. Well, mm-hmm. and then they ship them clearly. So I think there is mass production of plants, but I think it's because of the climate because they can start them way earlier and mm-hmm. basically deliver them to us in a much more mature state than. You know, if I'm starting plants, so my last frost date is roughly April 15th. Um, that's usually I put my plants in a, a week later than that. But for me to start my tomato plant and get them ready, I have to start them in February. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But in February, most people aren't doing that. So, you know, going by the normal, you know, gardener that just has like a gardener bed, garden bed just playing around and they depend on those bonnie plants, they can start them earlier than that and bring them to us much more mature than they have to be. So that being said, I think it's because of climate why it would be. It would make sense because they get warmer sooner, this, that, and the other. You know what I mean? So I, I do think there's mass production of plants. I don't know if that's a bad thing, though. Hmm. Do you think it's a bad thing? Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, being put on the spot, no, I don't think it's a bad thing. It does give me a tinge bit of pause. So a quick couple of searches. Um, 
and this is from the California Department of Food and, and Ag, over a third of the country's vegetables and nearly three quarters of the country's fruits and nuts are grown in California. A third of the country. Because I started the search with how much, um, you know, how much of our food comes from Florida. I couldn't get that quite that direct of an answer from Florida with, again, just a couple of minutes of trying to Google it. Um, it does say, again, this is, I'm trying to get to what could be trusted. It's, you know, Florida's branding portal, whatever that means. Um, and they're quoting 400 acres of fruit and tree nuts in 2021. That doesn't help me much because I can't visualize what that is, how much that is. Um, but I mean, I think that, um, I'm going to go with no, it doesn't bother me because I don't know how much is really coming from there. And I don't know if I've formulated a thought on how much is too much. Yeah. Um, and if, again, if I take Madison's question and make it my own, um, it does make me want to look into like, you know, the biggest producers of what come from where. Yeah. And I mean, as far as like buying plants and putting them in, I mean, if you were to buy them locally, you would not be able to get them in the ground until the next fall, roughly, you know, because they'd have to grow mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So it's a way to... Well, they'd be growing indoors under, you know, they'd be growing in greenhouses and things. They probably would be much more expensive, too. Well, that's the thing. You're getting the cost mm-hmm. passed to you. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm imagining, like, I know for me, when I grow my seeds and stuff like that, a lot of them, I try and do as much as I can outside. Saves time, money, clean up you know, less maintenance on it and stuff like that. So it does definitely makes sense to do it that way. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's, um, it's almost a necessary evil. I think. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. But I don't even know um, if it's evil. You know, the only evil part is, and I will tell you this from my experiences when I buy a plant, I put it in my yard and it's clearly a tropical ish plant that supposedly mm-hmm. is tolerant to our frost level. And it's not, it's because that plant wasn't raised in your area. That's yeah. the one issue that I have, you know, whereas if the plant was raised in your area, it may be kind of used to your climate already. But when you're getting these plants and they're coming from Florida, Alabama, or I mean, I guess even California, and it's already 80 degrees and then it bring it here and it's 50 degrees, barely warm enough to keep them alive. That's a shock to the plant, mm-hmm. not to mention the ride in the truck and all that stuff. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure the trucks don't have grow lights in them. But I think, I think that, uh, most of these plants bounce back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it you still could be sets starting. Yeah. You could be starting from a, a step back, but I think the best alternative would be so good, better, best, you know, you're starting it on your own, you know, would be the best, you know, better. What is it? Yeah. Good, better, best. Good is getting them from, you know, out of state, better is getting them locally best is starting them in your own shed backyard basement (laughs) yeah and if you're not doing it um it truly is a rewarding thing to start your own plants Mm -hmm. so um thank you madison if you'd like to leave a question you can leave it on any of our platforms um and just label it for lack of a better term spotify question because spotify has a feature where you can interact with us but we can't interact with you so there you go Good job, Spotify. Um, You can leave it on Facebook at Backyard Community Gardens, which is our Facebook group. You're more than welcome to join and join in the conversation. Sandy Bottom Homestead, my YouTube, Batavia's YouTube, Be Better Garden. All of the um, Instagrams, same thing. So check them out there. And the one thing I have to ask you, Batavia, with my formula, do you think it's boo-boo or do you think it is not boo-boo? Well, I don't use that kind of word. What word do you um, so use? So I never thought that it was. It was more like bull boo boo is what I, <laughs> that's probably what I said initially. I'm trying to be family friendly here. <laughs> um, I, I do think that, uh, I think that your formula is legit. Hard stop, right? Oh, hard stop. I think, uh-huh, I think implementing your formula across a garden is hard yeah but you this whole thing is hard so just one uh, final thought for me i said you know who's doing that earlier you know try to figure out what how much of a thing you're eating and many of those folks that are listening are 
and many of the folks that are listening, including you and I aspire to be right. That's a whole, that's the whole thing here. Like I want to eat everything that I grow. If I'm not giving it away, I want to eat all of it. And I need to figure out ways to, to do that. Right. And then you fold in, I want to figure out ways to do that that are less time consuming that retain the most quality, you know, and the beat goes on. There you go, everybody. I'm not full of it. Totally. Just three quarters of the way full of it. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. Well, you know what we did today? I think we learned to grow and we grow for change. How much did we do of either? I don't know. See ya. (laughs) Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Thanks for checking out the show. If you like what we're doing and you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash backyard gardens, or you can be an Apple subscriber. And in both of those, you'll get an extra episode every month. You can also make a one-time PayPal donation with the link below. And you can get all kinds of gardening gear, like t-shirts and mugs and cups from the link below at Teespring. And we have an Amazon store, which has all the products that we use and recommend in our gardens and it helps support our show and we also add to this list periodically so be sure to check it out periodically to see if there's anything that you need for your garden everything that you do including a like and a subscribe and even a review will help us learn to grow and grow for change see ya